Chantel, and you're listening to Mommy Talk, the podcast that uh, talks about everything outside of being a mom. So no talk about diaper rashes or uh, separation anxiety, just things that we've experienced and we continue to experience even after becoming a mom. So one of those things um, happens to be friendships. So today I brought on one of my best friends, Brittany, um, as we continue the conversation of friendships. So we started last week um, talking about like how our friendships possibly have evolved um, once you know we really got full into adulthood and even so um, after becoming a mom. But um, today we're talking specifically about how those relationships have been affected by by the pandemic. So, Brittany, you you there? Yes, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Brittany and I we met um, we met in high school while at mm-hmm. the same we we attended the same church, and then we really became close. Uh, while at undergrad we were roommates at Florida State and we had like I feel like a brief like breakup um, for some years and then we rekindled we reconciled um, about like 10 years ago right I feel like right around the time that we were both about to get married yeah we've been good like ever since so um, Brittany is a girl mom. She has two of the most beautiful girls, and I'm just Aww. really happy to have her here, particularly to talk about this specific topic because um, throughout quarantining, um, we've talked a lot about mm-hmm. just you know the impact and the effects um, that have come up from all of this, and I think she'll have a really valued um, perspective once once you guys hear from her so I should add that she is a therapist so (laughs) I feel like that's such a bonus to have a friend who's a therapist she's like an amazing listener and like I said she just always has like a really good perspective um, of things so but before we get into it, um, just a quick reminder about our sponsor, Cool Moms Club. So Cool Moms Club is a lifestyle brand created specifically for dope moms looking to shop witty basics at an affordable price. From hoodies and tees to wine glass sets and totes. Go treat yourself by going to the site, thecoolmomsclub.com and shopping. So Brittany, are you ready for this? I feel like I'm ready for this. And you know what? Before we go on, I should say that I own mostly all the inventory of Cool Moms. So (laughs) if anyone needs a personal experience, I love all things Cool Mom. They're comfortable and chic, and I love it. (laughs) Aw, thanks, Brittany. Brittany is by far, like, one of my biggest cheerleaders. Um, She's always like, yeah, do this, do that, go for it you should do it. Like, I don't, I don't know. I feel like if she told me to jump off a cliff and I'll fly, I'll be like, oh yeah, I can definitely do it. I can definitely, I can definitely fly. I can definitely, I can at least least land safely. I may not fly, Mm -hmm. but I'll at least be able to float or glide. I should say I'll be able to glide in and land, um, safely. Um, because Brittany said, um, (laughs) But yeah, so 
it's about that time. I'm banking that these are going to be some good truths and lies. Um, I know that we have a lot of history. We've been friends for many years, but I feel like since we took our little break, there was quite you know a lot that happened perhaps during that time so i think you can pull some stories from that era (laughs) or some (laughs) things i wouldn't know that would have taken place um so i I would have no idea if they were you know true or not so let's hear what you have well first i have to say this was really hard but i think i have them so my first truth is I have an irrational fear of snakes. My second truth is I'm the oldest of eight siblings. And my third truth is that I sang at Carnegie Hall. Oh, wow. Did I stump you? Because I worked really hard all day. I was thinking about it. Um, yeah, you did especially the Carnegie Hall one. <laughs> the Carnegie Hall one because I feel like maybe you were perhaps like in chorus or something in high school but then I'm like Brittany can't sing but I'm like <laughs> but I'm like, but I feel like maybe you I don't know performed like with an instrument or something I don't know I don't know I'm gonna you're gonna think on it i'm gonna think on it but yeah and then the snakes one to be honest you threw me when you said the world the word irrational or Mm. i was like oh wait what 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 what's that it's a little bit of therapist (laughs) yeah exactly exactly (laughs) so yeah i'm gonna think on it um you guys already know at the end of today's episode I'll take a real shot at guessing what's the truth and what's the lie. And I, of course, invite you to play as well. Okay, so a little bit of background story about today's episode. So as we all know, the pandemic has been really hard on all of us. You know, it shifted and it adjusted like many of our day-to-day routines, specifically like our relationships with our friends. So um wind down Wednesdays, Friday happy hours or you know monthly dinner dates, whatever it is that you had occurring um weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, um it was all cleared from our calendars ar- around this time last year. I can't can you believe it's been a year? No. I cannot believe I thought for sh- it's so crazy because, you know, you just think like, oh, this shutdown, it's going to last for like two weeks or, right. you know, even a month. And I cannot right. believe it's coming up on a year. They tell us to stay inside for two weeks to flatten the curve and we'll all be okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I. It's just crazy that it's it's been a year. But but yeah. anyways, so um, so like our, our calendar is completely you know, we're cleared um, this time, you know, last year, as I said. And, well, I <laughs> I should say I didn't have much of a social calendar even before COVID. 
Um, I was just running around um, or running the streets, taking my kids from point A, point B for mm-hmm. dance class, basketball. You know that. Your girls are, like, involved mm-hmm. in everything. Um, and so I didn't have much of a social life, but what I had, um, it was, you know, some time for friends, um, for us to enjoy each other, some good food, some drinks, some laughs, and just catching up because, um, you know, we all have like kids and husbands and jobs and so that time that we would dedicate and we would set aside and say okay we're gonna meet up this day it was it was like you know we would look so forward to it you know like texting each other like oh one more day can't wait mm-hmm. to see you it was mm-hmm. like a big thing yeah um, it was it's a build-up yeah for us for us to just like hang out um particularly without the kids and and husbands. So um, I felt that I needed this time probably more than anyone would know (laughs) or how um, anyone would see that I expressed it. You know, it was my time again to be with my girls, you know, put on some makeup, um, some cute little shoes and outfit or whatnot and just have a good time so when that was taken um it was really really hard I remember calling and texting to check in with with my friends um particularly at the beginning right because I felt like we're all thinking like yo what's going on how are Mm -hmm. you are you good are you how are you holding up um but also, I felt it was a way for me to show that even though I can't see you, we can't right. physically hang out, I can't come over, I'm still here if if you need anything, right? So let's start there. Let's, Brittany, how do you think you're doing with like maintaining your friendships during the pandemic? Well, I think that in the beginning... I probably was doing a really good job. <laughs> Same as you, like, oh my gosh, you hear this news article, oh my goodness, yeah. you know, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. But I think the more and more, like, my kids were, like, at home, and mm-hmm. they didn't go back after spring break, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I'm running my own business, like, the more and more I just did not have time. Yeah. No, I can, no. I completely completely agree and and it's funny that you say like sharing articles and stuff because that's exactly what we did right like share like oh this was going on and did you hear about this or this this place has toilet tissue (laughs) this place place has exactly (laughs) I heard this place has Clorox wipes like it was um those types of text messages and then you know completely um understand uh, trying to run your own business and stay up on on work and juggle your kids, their school work and them having to log on to mm-hmm. these you know virtual dashboards or um, classrooms and kind of help them navigate even 
how this is all going going to be so it was i would say in the you know in the beginning i felt like like exactly what you said like i was up on it and then towards the like midway particularly when the kids went back to school it was like whoa whoa, whoa. i have to make sure mm-hmm. um everything is is okay um because i you know i'm not sure how i'm i'm handling gonna be able to handle this um so just like as you know other relationships i feel like friendships are are work and they require you know both ends to put forth an effort like mm-hmm. a lot of effort in, in some instances. And particularly, again, with like the pandemic, you know, you definitely wanted to reach out. You had good intentions of reaching out to people and checking up on them and making sure they're good. And, and again, just as a way to, sh- to show like, hey, I can't see you, but I'm still here if, if you want to yeah. talk or vent or whatnot. Um, but what were some things that, you did to just ensure that those relationships continue to grow? Well, I did a couple of things. I, I made sure that I reached out to other therapists mm. because I think that we were in a weird like space mm-hmm. where um, we were helping the country through something like enormous and huge. Cause you have to also remember like, um, social justice, social change was happening, you know, with the murder of yeah, George Floyd. Yeah. So, like, mm-hmm. all this stuff was happening at once. And we're therapists and we're like pulling people, like getting their emotional stuff together. But this mm-hmm. was unique because we were like grieving the same things that everybody else was grieving. So, I started to think, like, oh crap, like, am I okay? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. really, am I, am I handling this? Okay. So I reached out to other therapists who were my friends and said, you know, are you okay? So I, I really think I strengthened my, like, um, my colleague network, mm-hmm. you know, people who maybe I would reach out to only like once or twice a year. Like I was talking to them a lot because I felt like they could really understand. Yeah. And then I had people like you who were like, my good good friends like there was no like pretense or anything and mm-hmm. I can you know we had several like wine dates like yeah what is happening yep yep <laughs> you know like I just need to like I think I even was like I mean I was in my work office with my wine like nobody used to bother me I don't even tell anybody I'm not working I just need to talk to my friend <laughs> <laughs> yeah we both did that we both like our our significant others thought we were like up in the office working mm-hmm. but we were on mm-hmm. FaceTime with wine talking to each other. <laughs> right. Exactly. That's funny. and then lastly, I don't know if you ever heard of and I um Marco Polo, but it was just some people like because everybody's busy, you can't like have a phone call with mm-hmm. people because everyone has stuff. So I started using Marco Polo where you just leave like videos for people and they watch it in their leisure and they send you another one back. That really helps save a lot of friendships. 
because you know you could leave one video a day mm -hmm. and you don't have to worry about like are they going to be available or the pressure of like someone so text me i have to text them back but then you you know you look at it and then you forget so um there was a combination of things like i reached out to therapist friends like am i okay are you okay and then i had my friend friends where we were just stealing time you know with our mm -hmm. wine mm -hmm. and then i had marco polo um where it took some of the pressure off of phone calls and texts. That's basically what I did to try to keep in touch with people. I have used Marco Polo like one time. My cousin, she mm -hmm. um, she doesn't have an iPhone, and uh, I don't I don't know what kind of phone she has, but she was like, "Oh, this is our for our form of FaceTime." I remember going to Louisiana, and she was like showing me something, and it was Marco Polo. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, that's so cool. But I never, I think I downloaded the app and I, is it like the correct term to say I, I Marco Poloed her? Like with mm -hmm. a D? Okay. Yeah. So I, I Marco Poloed her like one time and she did it, you know, back to me, but it was exactly how you explained. It was like at our own leisure and there was no like, um... I guess just like the fear of like, oh, am I calling at a good time or yeah. am I bothering her or whatnot? Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I, I, I agree with that because you're right. Sometimes I forget to text people back. I yeah. don't know how I got on all of these, like, I don't know, text distribution lists. But I get like these <laughs> random texts all the time. And so my text inbox, no lie, I had like over a hundred and something messages in oh my, my gosh. in my text inbox. Yeah. And it's because I'm so bad at like if somebody text if someone texts me, if I don't you know, if I don't open it like right then I'll like look to see like the top, I don't know, 10 mm -hmm. or so text messages. Yeah, that the I preview. Have. Yeah. And then I'll, you know, text them back or, or whatnot then. But if it's, you know, in the midst of these like spam type text messages, it just, it gets lost. I, I don't know. I, I don't know how to effectively or efficiently use my phone. I feel like at times, like I, I think that I should have some type of filter put on my phone. I don't even know if you can do this, but some type of filter where if it's business idea. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Um, some type of filter where if it's, you know, from a strange number, it just goes into like a different inbox or something. Same like you can do on like Gmail or Outlook yeah. or whatnot. I feel like we should have that option for text messages. Like if it's, a, I agree. Yeah, like why can't we have a spam or junk text messaging folder? It would help me out a lot. <laughs> I think somebody needs to develop an app. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But um, kudos to you for being able to maintain those relationships with those um, those methods um, of, you know, reaching out to particularly your colleagues, because as you said, I, I can only imagine like 
how much, um, I guess, like mental weight um, you guys had to absorb, you know, during those times, particularly with social injustice and on top of the pandemic and the fears and unknowns like it was it was a lot going on so as a therapist trying to compartmentalize like what you're going through personally as well as absorb what others were going through I that has to be a lot a lot (laughs) yeah it was a lot Mm -hmm. um for Okay, so do you think the pandemic, um, like because of the pandemic, do you think perhaps there are some friendships that have been burned out? Um, You know, whether it was like one common thing that was holding you guys together. Um, So for instance, like maybe your were friends with someone at your daughter's school and because they started distant learning, um, that relationships no longer exist. So do you think the pandemic, you know, affected those type of relationships, like basically ended those, those friendships, um, because you didn't have that common thread? Okay. So I was thinking about this the other day, actually. There are some friendships that have burned out just a bit. And I think it's just because that common thread is gone. So, for example, because of COVID, um, I wasn't able, I I decided to send my kids to a different school because I've just, it's not in my build to be able to homeschool. So I sent them somewhere else. And so all those moms that you have like relationships with, with PTA mm-hmm. or, you know, volunteering, yep. mm-hmm. um, they were still reaching out like, Hey, let's go get coffee. And I was like, Oh, I'm not at the school anymore. Blah, blah. And they're like, Oh, it doesn't matter. Like we can, you can still come. And in my head, I was like, but why? <laughs> why would I come? <laughs> Yeah, I don't see the point, the point of that, particularly, like you said, if, you know, your girls are no longer attending this school, like, I have no interest of knowing why, what you're going to use this money for this year in, for in right. PTA, like, what what the PTA budget's going to be allocated for. I, I don't care. <laughs> right. And honestly, like... I mean, they were decent people, but Mm -hmm. I'm friends with you because I meet allies at the school. I don't know at the school anymore. So so those friendships kind of fizzled out. I also noticed that, like, my yoga friends kind of fizzled out. Like, I wasn't teaching yoga in person anymore. Mm -hmm. And then some of my other yoga teacher friends, like, yoga is one of those things. Like, I mean, I'm sure everybody has seen, like, studios close to their homes are closing like the studio close to me closed so people who I was connected through connected to through yoga are also um those friendships have died down a bit as well yeah yeah I definitely um feel you on the relationships particularly that were built you know within like school I um had some friendships at at Taylor's school um Brooklyn's dance studio um and then 
uh, Brooklyn's dance studio is, you know, some like soccer and, and things like that as well. Um, those friendships definitely have um, kind of phased out for sure. But then I think like the friendships that were not built upon the kids, meaning, you know, we didn't link up because of our kids. Um, we yes. actually had like our own interests and our own, um, you know, commonalities that, that brought us together. And so I think some of those friendships have kind of fizzled out. And I was telling Eric the other day, I was like, you know, that's a little disappointing. I don't know why they've kind of phased out, but they have just seemed to kind of, you know, phase out. Like all of a sudden you were like, oh, I haven't heard from this person in a while. Or even Eric asked like, hey, when was the last time you heard from such and such I'm like I don't yeah. know you know I, I have no idea and it's you know you kind of ask like huh I wonder how that happened um right you know I I'm assuming it's definitely you know the the pandemic and the fact that um we're really busy you know we're not as busy with running around taking our kids to various activities and parties or whatnot but we're still busy trying to still figure it out you know whether it's distant learning or whether it's um how to (laughs) keep our sanity whatever it may be we're we're still trying to figure it out so um like i said i i guess it's just still kind of like huh it'll be interesting to see once the pandemic you know goes away or once things are are a little bit back to normal what how those relationships if they're still there what they'll now look like yeah I think that a lot of people probably have experienced similar things I know I have and when you are in crisis, and let's be honest, we were all in a global pandemic mm-hmm. um, and the silver unjust, like we are all in some type of crisis, um, you kind of can't give a lot of attention to things that aren't serving you. And so when I say serving you, I know we're talking about friendships. I'm not like, you know, serving, but mutually beneficial, like pouring into your soul I think sometimes we hold on to friendships and relationships because of um the way they make us feel like nostalgia and history but are they really still like relevant or are we holding on to the past mm-hmm. and when you're in crisis you can't hold on to the past you have to only you only have enough attention for the things that are going to help you survive <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense like I definitely can't be having, you know, Zoom happy hours when I'm trying to figure out where they're selling toilet tissue at. Right. Like I, <laughs> I got to get these Clorox wipes. I don't have time to chat with you today. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Text me. <laughs> Particularly if you're finding out where they're selling where these things. Yes. <laughs> I get it. That makes a lot of sense. I, I completely get it. Okay, so how would you rate yourself pre-pandemic? So before the pandemic, how on a scale of one 
to 10, um, being that like 10 is the bestest friend ever, um, how would you rate yourself? Oh, I'm for sure a nine and a half. Nine and a half. I think you're yes. definitely a 10. But oh. let's let's see what the what the folks are saying out there. So <laughs> um we're gonna take this little quiz uh to see where you are as a friend. So last week I did this with LaShonda, she was on here, and um I basically just read off questions or statements and if she did it then I would tell her to put a one next to it or you can do like a mental check mark and then at the end I'll ask you to tally up your score and it'll be out of 10 so we'll be able to see what's your your friend score um, I'm excited okay so here we go number one offer your homeless friend a place to stay Number two, gave your friend money to borrow. Okay. Number three, allowed them to lie and use you as a reference on a resume. <laughs> okay. Number four, talk to the ugly friend so they could talk to the cute friend. <laughs> Number five, go streaking. Number six, got into a physical fight. Number seven, hated someone because they hated them. Number eight, lied to lied to their boyfriend for them. Um, number nine, went skydiving with them. And number 10 is um, did something illegal for them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I did let me add up my little score. Let me just see. Oh yeah. I'm curious to know what your score is. Yeah. Okay. Oh, definitely did that. Okay, let's see. Okay, what did you got? Okay, I scored a 7 out of 10. What did you score? Okay. okay, I scored an 8. Oh my gosh. Okay, <laughs> so I won't ask all of them, but have you talked to the ugly friend so that... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I have, unfortunately taking one for the team yeah I feel like I feel like we've all done that right so we just yep. had to like you said take one for the team and talk to that ugly friend absolutely um have you ever oh this is have you ever allowed them to lie and use your name as a reference yep <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been called yeah, I've I've written whole reference letters. <laughs> I just I just wrote a um a letter of recommendation for one of my friends to get into grad school, and I yeah. was like, oh yes, they've worked for me, they've done this and that, and they were yeah. just such a great um contributor, like all of this stuff, absolutely. 
Um, one time I was on someone's resume and, and the, their employer like called me and I completely forgot that she listed me as a reference. And so when they called, I thought that they were asking, like they were calling me for the job (laughs) and I wasn't like really, I didn't really hear what she said. I just heard that like she said that she was from such and such HR and um and so I was like oh I'm sorry I already have a job (laughs) it's like I'm not interested (laughs) and they were like um no this isn't for (laughs) for someone else I had completely forgot um what about gave your friend money to borrow yeah did they pay you back? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of those um, yeah. where you have to then evaluate or assess the situation. Like, okay, are we still are we still friends after borrow? You know, not paying me back. Do you feel as though there's a a threshold, like, let's say they borrowed $10 and didn't pay you back. Are you guys, are you still okay with y'all being friends? I'm not even asking for $10 back. We're good. Like, just take the $10. Okay, so what's your threshold? When we are getting to $500, um, you know what, though? But I have to say, I've learned over the years but if someone asks for money, you either need to give it away, or don't, or don't, I or don't borrow. I don't do the borrow anymore because I don't want to walk around looking at you crazy because you haven't paid me back, but you got your nails done. Like I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good way to look at it for sure. Like you know, let's not even call it borrowing. I'm just going to give this. I'm going to give this to you as a love a love offering as they would say at church this is my love offering (laughs) you don't have to pay me back because you're right the minute I know that you owe me money and you just went out and bought a new purse you got your nails done your hair is you know you just got some braids that look like at least three hundred dollars I'm looking at you funny because you still haven't paid me my fifty dollars so right. you're right. I I think I should definitely have that view as well the next time someone asks me to borrow money. Absolutely. I get it. Um, what was I know you just went skydiving recently, right? I did. Yeah. I did. How was that? It was, you know, I was so cool as a cucumber. I went for my birthday. Mm-hmm. And as soon as we were up in the air and there was like a plexiglass door, mm-hmm. as soon as they opened the door, I literally thought, why the F am I up here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could never do that. Yeah. But I will say I would do it again. Just mm-hmm. not. I went in the winter time and it was freezing. I would do it again in the summer. Good for you. I could I could never, but I would I will go and cheer you on. But I'm not getting <laughs> on the plane. Absolutely not. Um I wanted to talk to you a little bit about betrayal and the reason oh, for okay. this. 
is because I saw, um, like when I was looking up, you know, just like friendships during the pandemic, how to maintain friendships, this and that. Betrayal kept popping up in my Google search, which is so weird. It was like, you know, how to overcome betrayal, um, 10 signs of betrayal. It was, it was the weirdest thing. I was like, wow, do many people go through betrayal? I mean, there's so many stories that you hear of betrayal within like the Bible and, you know, just like crazy stories that you see on television reality tv like just a lot of i guess betrayal in the world in the world by by like friends and i think for me um i would definitely say like you know having your friends to betray you is is definitely like one of the worst feelings because this is someone like you kind of you um let your guard down and you just didn't see it coming almost so I guess that's why it's you know such a a big thing or a big deal but um with you being a therapist I also wonder like do you hear a lot about this I do actually wow I do that is I think it's one of the most hurtful things that someone can experience mm-hmm. um, is betrayal mm-hmm. but the, I think the tricky part is like your definition of betrayal and my definition of betrayal are different you know so someone could be experiencing what they what they perceive as betrayal but mm-hmm. you know to me is it's no big deal yeah and I think that's why it's so tricky yeah. No, that's, that's good. And I think like having, like, I don't even, I don't know, like I watch reality TV, but, um, I revealed, you know, on here a few weeks ago, like I like reality TV, but probably not for the same reasons that other people like reality TV. So I like (laughs) to watch reality TV to see like, what they're wearing, how their makeup's done, how their yeah. hair's done, you know, if if they're like traveling somewhere, like where they're traveling to, how their parties are, like I like the, I like to see other people living like these extravagant lifestyles, yeah. But I really don't want to hear the dialogue of of these women, you know that. Like these rich, privileged women. I don't. I don't want to <laughs> hear your problems that are not even problems. Like I, right. I don't really care about it. But when I do, you know, hear some of the conversations because, like, you know, the TV's the volume is up or or whatnot. Um, yeah. And I just hear these things that these women are saying to each other and how they treat each other. And I'm like, how are they? how are they still friends? I get it that in some form or fashion, they're probably somewhat forced to have some type of relationship because they're paid to film together or they have to be in the same, um, you know, um, environment. But 
I just don't understand how can you coexist. I, I don't think I would be able to to coexist with someone who disrespects me or betrays me or I can't I can't tr- I no longer can trust. I don't know how people can overcome that. And I think for me it's a matter of looking at that relationship and and kind of assessing it to the point of is it even worth it? Like, do I want, do I want to move forward with this? Like this, this is what happened. This is how I feel. And do I think it's worth still having this friendship? What about you? I mean, I, I kind of feel the same way. I mean, we're, we're in our late thirties. We'll say that. (laughs) And, um, I feel like we're at the age where we have the kids, we have the husbands, and I don't really have time to, and and not even just the time, the energy to be wrapped up in, like, foolishness, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I want to be surrounded by women who support other women, Mm -hmm. and, um, and are like kind and caring, and if you if you can't um, drink a good cocktail, <laughs> yeah, you know, and and uplift each other and laugh at a good joke, like why are we friends? Yeah, like, why, what are we doing here? No, and 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 definitely like being genuine too. You know, like yeah. they're like that's really important to me. Um authenticity yeah like I get like sometimes you know we make mistakes maybe we tell a secret we weren't supposed to tell or like you know like I don't know maybe we didn't show up when when we should have or we weren't there when we needed to and like you said that could be a sense of betrayal to someone um, because okay. someone, what someone thinks or defines as betrayal can look very different to what you may think, um, uh, you know, the meaning of betrayal is. Um, but to me, I think if you just genuinely come to me, apologize, and I, you know, truly feel like this isn't going to happen again or you're going to at least try your hardest not to have this happen again then I'm fine with it but if I feel as though you know what Mm, it's just something about like the way you like your lack of uh, remorse or your lack of empathy you know it's it's just Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at that point it's I just feel like uh I'm good. I'm good. I am happy that I I was previewed to how you are or what happened um, to allow me to see where our friendship lies. And from that point on, it's just kind of like, all right, I'll just be cordial and keep it moving. <laughs> right. Right. No, I agree. I accept your apology. Um but 
you know, there's no use, no need for us to be in everyday lives. By the way, I'm happy that didn't happen to us. Right? I know. I know. Like, so for those listening, I, like I said, Brittany and I, we had like a brief breakup. And I don't even really know like what broke us up. I think it's, I don't you know, either. just like college drama. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, she said. Yeah. And once we like sat down and we talked, I remember like we sat down and we talked and I had just started dating Eric, I think. I remember. Yeah. yeah. And you and you met Eric like early on. And mm-hmm. um, it was like a Dave and Buster, like some type of like Dave and Buster's type place. I don't yep. know if it was Dave and Buster's, but it was similar on the on the east side. Yep, yep. We went to Firkin Kegler. We went bowling. That's what it's called. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. And um, we talked. We had like a really good talk, and then yeah, like a few days later, maybe a few weeks later, we met up again. We hung out again. And from that, even from that point, we were like good. And I, you know, we weren't as close as we were like now, but we were still good. And I feel like this goes back to earlier when I said a friendship takes work and and Mm -hmm. you have to have both sides putting forth an effort. So I think both of us really wanted that relationship back and so we both were trying to do you know whatever it took to kind of like get to that comfortable place again um yeah and it took like you know a lot of work on both of our sides of like you know just reaching out hey do you want to do this or hey this is Mm -hmm. going on or you know even when you had Kristen um you like, you were the first of my friends to have a baby, but we still weren't, like, that, that close. But we were, you know, we were we were definitely closer than the years prior. Um, right. You know, I came to your shower and everything, but I mm-hmm. felt like that was, like, the beginning of, like, okay, she's really sharing. Like, we were sh- actively sharing things with each other yeah our life milestones mm-hmm. and I think that that's part of um that like reconciliation I guess um period where you you have to like build those things back up and come to a space where it's like okay we're we're good we're good <laughs> yeah we're good now um oh man I had one other question and I completely forgot it um oh as a therapist do you hear more you know stories of betrayal from women or men okay so I have to preface this by saying I have more women clients than men clients okay um when men talk about betrayal though is normally betrayal of like a partner or a spouse Mm, mm, yeah where Women will talk equally about spouse, partner, and also friends. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I think it's maybe because, like, the only, like, guy I have really in my life is is Eric. 
Yeah. And he's such, like, he's so laid back, so chill that I can never really see him having drama, I guess. My husband either. Like, what is drama to him? That's other thing. Exactly. Like, if something was to happen, he'd be like, all right, dude, and and that's it. Like, (laughs) he would still call you know, whoever the next day or text them like, yo, we still doing this or whatever. Whereas like on my end, I'm like, and can you believe she did this? <laughs> six, six months down the line, I'm still say, going to him and saying, and can you believe she hasn't even done this or whatever? Yeah. And so um, because of that, I think that more, that betrayal is, is commonly more common. Um, commonly seen in relationships with women or between women. Um, but I, like I said, I, I don't know just because I haven't been around like other men like that to know of, of them to complain about what their homeboys have done or hasn't done. So I was just interested to know if, if you had some insight in that. Yeah. I only hear them. In my experience, I've only heard them talk about betrayal when it comes to wives and girlfriends mm-hmm. or partners, boyfriends, yeah. husbands. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I understand that. Um, well, I don't want to take too much more of your time, but before we leave, I yes. definitely want to go over your truths and lie. Um, can you say them one more time? Yes. So I have, I'm the oldest of eight siblings. Mm -hmm. I sing at Carnegie Hall and I have an irrational fear of snakes. Okay. So I know you have a lot of brothers and sisters, but I don't know if it's eight. And I do know you're the oldest. Okay. I'm going to say that's a true. Is that true? Yes, I am the oldest of eight siblings, so that is true. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, <laughs> I remember when we, um, when I moved in um, with you in college, like you were just so independent, and you were like, "Yeah, I've been working since I was 15. Yep. And I was like, "What?" And you're, you're like, yeah, I helped um, raise my brothers and sisters. And I was like, what? Like, it was just fascinating to me because, you know, here it is. I'm the only child and yeah. you had all of these siblings and I just couldn't believe you were, you know, you had that much independence at such a young age. And meanwhile, I was just kind of like, I, I just learned how to do my laundry. So... <laughs> You're living a good life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I definitely, like I said, when, when I moved in, I was just kind of like taken back. Like, you've been doing this for how many years? It was crazy. Okay, so that's true. Um. Oh, my gosh. I, the last two, I really don't know. I... Uh, I'm just going to guess and say you, the snakes one is true. 
it is true, but not for me. My, remember Tashia? She's she has an irrational fear of snakes. She can't even see a picture of a snake. Really? Yes. When I was in eleventh grade, I think. Yeah, my chorus took a trip to New York, mm-hmm. and we sang at Carnegie Hall. Wait. So the so the Carnegie Hall one is true and then yes. the the snake one is false yes it's somebody else's truth it's not oh, mine oh <laughs> okay okay wait so you act you were singing yeah i the whole choir was singing but yes we sang at carnegie hall and i, I went there when i was in high school what did you sing I don't remember, but I still have to for sure. <laughs> that is amazing because I never thought that you would be singing. I thought for sure like an instrument, particularly because you have the girls doing like piano and stuff like that. So I was like, yeah, I feel like she definitely would have done something in the arts, but I did not think it was singing. It was singing. Now you and I know that I'm not a great singer. <laughs> yeah, but I guess when you're in a choir, you just blend in. <laughs> blend yes. In. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I was actually, fun fact, I was section leader of the altos. So, well, um, your mom sings, so. She does. That does, I guess I could see that. I can see that. I just, like I said, I was like, um, but you don't sing. <laughs> <laughs> So I was in chorus in elementary school, and I was also, Eric always makes fun of me, but I was in the handbells. I love it. He makes fun of me all the time. He's like, why? <laughs> when I told him that, I was like, yeah, I was in chorus in the handbells. And he goes, yeah. why? <laughs> you were probably really cute with your handbells. I was, I was, and I felt so special because you had to be picked to be in the handbells, and then not only were you picked, you then had to try out, so you had to, you were selected to try out, like no one could just try out for handbells, so when I told him that, he was like, still, why were you in in this? But he he really is. He really is. But um, anyways, so that was interesting. I definitely learned something about you. And I learned yes. something about Tashia and snakes. I had no idea that there was <laughs> such a thing of an irrational fear. Um, but I'm going to start using that in my vocabulary and saying you should i have an irrational fear of yeah yeah Yeah. i am going to start using that for sure um thank you so much for your time today Brittany. no problem this was fun yeah and for those listening i think you should tell so as you guys have heard um several times Brittany is a therapist, and not only is she a therapist, um, she is an author. She um, created or wrote a self-paced um, e-course or workbook. And do you want to say a little bit about it, Brittany? Because I think 
you know, those that are listening, this is like a great audience. Those that may be interested in your book, tell them a little bit about it. Oh, of course. So I have an e-course. It's called More Than a Mother because I feel like my own journey, I had this vibrant, beautiful, fun, spontaneous life. (laughs) And then I had kids. (laughs) And my whole world became focused on them. And I was not happy. And because I wasn't happy and taking care of myself, I think that I wasn't able to be the best mom that I could be. So the More Than a Mother e-course is all about being balanced and aligned. So figuring out exactly what you need to be a fully embodied woman. And because you're a fully embodied woman, you can be a better mother and a better spouse and a better friend and a better employee and all those things. So mm-hmm. the e-course kind of helps you find your way, not back to where you were before you had children, because that's not a thing, but mm-hmm. to become a new version of yourself that's integrated mm-hmm. between like who you were before and who you are now and, you know, skipping off into the sunset and all that shit stuff. can we curse i don't know yes you can you can curse it's okay (laughs) um so yeah so where can um they download your your course or where can they purchase your course oh of course so you go to my website it's www.carter c-a-r-t-e-r therapy llc.com and then you just scroll down and you'll see um more than the mother e-course and you can buy it there it's actually on sale right now perfect oh that's perfect perfect so for those listening um if you are feeling as though you can be more um and you want to learn how to be more um go buy and see what britney's e-course um is offering so you can find it at cartertherapyllc.com and as she said it's half off so um that said Brittany again thank you so much I know you're very very busy so to take time out and jump on today was um much appreciated and for those that are listening thank you so much for tuning in And we will see you next week. Bye.